Welcome to the Amateur Movie Review Hour. I'm Trevor. With me, I have Megs and I have uh, Josh. Hello. Fire. Fire is what Josh says. Fire. Um, today, we'll be uh, reviewing uh, Streets of Fire, which is Meg's pick. Before we do, I just want to... Um, there wasn't a whole lot uh, that really piqued my interest in this movie. There's no... Like, I didn't wonder why Willem Dafoe chose to wear vinyl waders. Because he looked awesome. <laughs> he does. He looks great. Um, and what was it? Michael Perret? Perret. Perret. Um, how he tries to do some type of accent. Like it was, I don't. I don't know if that's just his normal accent. That's how. Well, he's Canadian. Is he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he tried very hard to. But be But he's like always New played York. the tough guy. Well, this is it's Chicago. Okay. Um, it's he's the is tough it guy. Richmond, Chicago. I don't know. Okay. It, well, it's filmed in L.A. Okay. But it's supposed to be like old town, like an old timey okay. Chicago. Okay. But remember, he was on Greatest American Hero, and he played a tough kid, a tough troubled kid. On the show, did you not watch no, The was, Greatest American Hero? It was before my time. Okay, well, Michael, that's where he got his start. He was one of the students. Okay. And uh, and then, you know, he was Eddie, he's Eddie in the Cruisers. He's Eddie. Yeah, no. Like, that doesn't, like, okay. that rings no bell to me. I, those well, are all. He didn't have a, a, a really exciting career. I mean, sure. he'll still pop up in places, but. You know, he was he had it was mostly the looks for that guy. He's a good looking fella. Yeah, well, sure. He he he, he is a good looking guy in this movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. he's really good looking. Yeah. Uh, but the only only thing that really struck out to me was like, okay, the rockabilly. Um, actually, yeah, that's it's rockabilly that they were playing. Um, who? Um, the blasters in, in the in in the uh, in torchies. In Torchies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Blasters, then you know, they're a rockabilly band. Um Rockabilly is a genre of music that has mm-hmm. its origins in the, yeah. the south of the US. I thought you meant the 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 main band. I was like, Well that's oh, no. just rock and no. roll. Yeah, or, or or pop, sure. It's yeah, it's yeah. kinda of poppy. Uh Rockabilly combines the style of Western music, country, um, with rhythm and blues. The term rockabilly is a portmanteau, rock from rock and roll, and then Billy from hillbilly music. Mm. A so. portmanteau is when you take two words and you put them together. Oh. A, a, or a portion of a word or two words from, like two separate words, and combine them to make a new word. It's also a suitcase that has equal sides that close together. Fascinating. I did not know the suitcase could also be called a portmanteau. It's a portmanteau. Mm. It's a suitcase that has two things. I'm going to forget. It usually really has fast. the equal <laughs> sides instead of a suitcase that has you know the smaller side on top, the thinner yeah. side. It's a, a portmanteau would have the equal okay. sides that close. I, I have I have seen I guess uh, briefcases that, mm-hmm. but those are briefcases. It's kind of like a portmanteau, but a portmanteau is when you use the both words, but you don't shorten the two words. For example. Spam. You're kind of like. You mean the, like the canned meat? The meat the or meat. like the the thing you get in your email? Um. Well, canned meat is a, spam is a portmanteau. It's spiced ham. Mm. Spam. It's tasty. I love spam. A good fried spam. 
really yeah, good. that's good stuff. Uh, the genre also incorporated the styles. It's like a, it's like a cream pie. A crane pie? Cream pie. No. no, I don't want you talking anymore. <laughs> uh, such other styles of from genres such as Western Swing, Boogie Woogie, Jump Blues, and Electric Blues. I like it when you say Boogie Woogie. Boogie Woogie. Um, there's a bunch of artists. It, it, the history of rockabilly is, it, it's not convoluted, but it's it's much like any other genre that came from other music. There's a lot of artists from different styles, such as Western Swing or Boogie Woogie or Jump Blues, that help influence the sound that most people would associate with, like Elvis Presley or Johnny Cash, um, Conway Twitty. Those are those are just a couple of examples of individuals who were were rockabilly musicians in during the fifties. Um, some of them changed their style. Elvis Presley changed his style, definitely. So did Johnny Cash. Um, or ballad. Yeah, yeah. But rockabilly is still played today, such as, in, you know, during the 80s, the Blasters. You could, uh, Reverend Horton Heat, uh, they're a great rockabilly band. Um, but that was that was what stuck out to me. That right. I a little Hang 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a little. I know Psycho Billy was the spinoff of that, right? Yeah, Psycho Billy yeah. stuff. Psycho Billy goes into more of like you, now you've sort of blended like horror, Metal. horror really. Mm. Like the Misfits almost fall into that uh, Psycho Billy, okay. but they play really, they play a lot more rock. Like, they, like more, I would say more punk style than like rockabilly style. I agree. Okay, I got um, you. Yeah. you know, psychobilly for those who would under or get the references. There's the Necromantics. Um, they're really old. Uh, the Cramps almost fall into that, but not really. They're they're more rockabilly. Um, psychobilly really brings is more of more of the. Uh, I don't want to. It's more emo ish. And it's it's meant to be like dark. It's not it's it's not country. It's not country music. Like it's 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 rockabilly, but then it's evolved into its own genre which defines itself and now do they always have ambiguous little boy strippers? No. no. Okay, just checking. No, no. I, I, I think that was that was at the behest of um, the bombers. They wanted that up there. They they were okay with it. Like I kept looking for that lump. I was like, I swear to God, there's a dick in that g string. <laughs> no, so <laughs> I know, I know. It's a, she is a female. Yeah. Like, yeah, she she lifts her shirt up, and you see tits. Well, yeah, yeah. So well, she was the the one of the in flash dance. She was was she some of that dancing? Mm. Not the fan. The fancy moves was the guy. And you could see his mustache when he did it. <laughs> oh, maybe we do flash dance. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, that 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 was all that I wanted to take the time to talk about. What is the amateur movie review hour? Before we began our podcast, the three of us curated a list of approximately a hundred movie genres. We then fed that list to a magical random generator that we used to provide us with the movie genre. The three of us take turns choosing movies to watch that fit into the chosen genre. We then watch that movie and attempt to return bi-weekly to review and discuss that movie. 
The only movies that we have banned are Marvel and DC movies from the past 15 years. I am not a professional movie reviewer. I just love to watch movies and then review those movies with my friends and you, my fellow screen fiend. All right, tonight's movie, as I stated earlier, is uh, Streets of Fire. The movie was written by Walter Hill and Larry Gross and directed by Walter Hill. Um, the actor, the, the actors are Michael uh, Perret, Michael Perret, Perret, Diane Lane, real young, Rick Moranis, Amy Madigan, Willem Dafoe, Deborah Van Valkenburg, uh, E.G. Daly, and Bill Paxton. Release date was June first, nineteen eighty-four. The runtime is ninety-three minutes. Megs, why did you choose this movie for the uh, genre? Because I love this movie. I've always loved this movie, and I love the songs in this movie. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. Nowhere Fast is a really catchy song. I love it. What it means to be young is great. I think that it's very... Um, it looks good. The movie looks good. Um, I like the whole premise that it's another time, another place, so it doesn't have to um, adhere to any actual sure. real time. Sure. You know, it's it's a little bit of the 80s. It's, it's a little bit of the 50s. It's a little bit of the 50s. Yes. Mm-hmm. They said the defining fact was the um, the money because it is like hands in this wad of strange cash sure, at sure. one point. And it's like, that's not real money. No. Especially American, yeah. That definitely yeah. looked look like newspaper. I was so doing some little research that I'm doing for this, uh, writing the, the review. Uh, Rye Cooter um, was some of the performer uh, did the score like like any anything that wasn't really a song it would you, know, you could hear it was the Ray Cooter band um, sometimes they were written by you know um, other bands or I should say other other artists such as um, what's his what's his name Seeger Bob Seeger Bob Seeger uh tom petty um uh, what was her name stevie nicks as well has a uh, written so they and they used a band called what were they oh oh it was the uh face to face yeah face, face to face. face and that was uh laurie Sargent who was mm-hmm. the singer and she did she did a lot of the singing on the albums. She did Any, she anything did that was Diane Lane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Diane Lane was lip syncing a lot of this stuff. Um, the, the most notable or uh, the one that I didn't think well, I would ever find out on a sand soundtrack is "I Can Dream About You." Like that, I didn't. I did not know that that song was that young. I thought it was. Uh, a little bit older. I thought it was more like late eighties. Oh, um, oh no! That and that's the first time I ever heard that song was with this movie. But then again, I saw this movie in nineteen eighty four, sure, it, or nineteen eighty five, probably when it, it was when it came on cable. I did not see this at the theater. Was there anything that stuck out to you guys about Nowhere Fast and Tonight Is What It Means to Be Young? Did it? Did it? Did it have a sound to you? That reminded you of maybe another artist. I mean, I think it. Well, Pat Benatari. I don't know. It reminded me of a lot of the stuff that was out back then. You know, I mean, like those were days, these are the days of the MTV. So yeah. I was watching sure, MTV all the time, sure. 
and these videos played on MTV. Um, I can dream about you played on MTV. All this stuff played yeah. on MTV, and they often use you know. So every a lot of stuff sounded like that back then. It wasn't like now where you're kind of looking back and you're like, oh, I, I can hear it. You know, like everything sounded the same. Not so yet, you know, yeah. So the reason why I asked that is because while while the beginning of this movie featured uh, Nowhere Fast, mm-hmm. which is um, it is written and produced by John Steinman. Yeah. John Steinman was the writer for a one very rocking guy from a movie called Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Meatloaf. Okay, yeah. So when I when I was uh-huh. here when I heard those songs, I was like that's like a bad. riff from Bad Out of Hell. Bad out of hell. I like can see a, that. like, yeah. like mm-hmm. some of those like some of those used sections from that album mm-hmm. in both of those songs. I, I couldn't s- tell you it was the cadence. That's what yes. it was. It's yeah. definitely the cadence of yeah. it and, and the uh-huh. length and then like how they did it. Like, yeah. With, and they're being like very. Because it was like. Da, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I found that very fascinating. Like I was. Yeah. Like, and then once I read that and heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, 100%. Like yeah. I, they were great. It was. I, I, I enjoyed both of those songs because of that. Mm-hmm. I, I really like John Stein. <laughs> When he wrote for me, like, and he wrote I the he wrote the second song at the last minute, yeah, because sure. they were supposed to use <laughs> Streets of Fire. They were supposed to use a the Springsteen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they thought that when he found out that he didn't, he wasn't going to be singing it, that they <laughs> sure. were going to be singing it. Sure. He's like, "Oh no, you can't use it." So they, you know, he had to go back and he had to write a song that, yeah. and he it was for a quick song. It was gr- I thought it was great. That's funny. How often do you think that happens? Or where it's like, I wrote this song. Here you go, and they're like, they're like, oh yeah, someone will sing that. You're like, what? Fuck you. No, yeah. no, I'm singing this song. <laughs> well, there's, there's, because it was I, I in Top Gun. It was close with Berlin, you know. But it was the opposite. It's like I want to sing it, but I want to sing the whole song. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, no, we're don't worry about it. We'll just put your recording in there, and you're fine. Because mm-hmm. of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. Like. Bruce, but like they're like, hey, it's gonna be on top of, of intercourse. Yeah, was eighties. Was yeah, it would have been eighty two. Like, I got to know. Do you have, would, do, was talking about a movie that cost fourteen million too. They, they could 14, not million? Fourteen million. Fourteen million. Yeah, that, in and the nineteen eighty four. And they went over that. Well, that's because they had to build a set. Yeah, Which they bought. Set? They built that whole set. That's that's they built that because it's L.A. It's supposed to look and they had oh, to buy wow. all the cars and all the motorcycles. Sure, yeah, they, yeah I, lo- I love how all the Bel Airs were just like painted. If they weren't a taxi, they were just painted one like faded mm-hmm. green color. Yeah, <laughs> probably repainted one of them like seven times. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. And then they had to rebuild to the paint the painters cheaper than buying new cars. Yeah, they yeah. had to rebuild the auditorium for the last scene, the last concert scene, because that wasn't originally in the scene in the oh, movie. Okay. okay. So then they were like, "Oh, we already tore that down. We have to rebuild that again because we have to have another concert." And everybody has to know all the words to the songs, sure. even though they just met a few days. Like they just met earlier, but now they're going to perform together and they know all the words and they know how to, they're all choreographed. But I still liked it. I don't know. I I don't know who had, who was the best in trying to act in this movie. I I don't know if I can nail one, not even Willem Dafoe. The I, best actor in this movie was Amy Madigan. Amy Madigan yeah. was great. She's I'll, always I'll, great. I'll give you that. She's yeah. a she's an amazing actress. She 
I mean, her husband gets all, he gets all the credit. You know, he's like this award-winning actor and everybody always talks about him. They're almost always in movies together and she doesn't even get mentioned that she's in the movie. But I think she's a superb actress. Well, and, and, I, and I also forget because when I said EG, I'm like, oh, that's right. It's uh, Elizabeth Daly. Yeah, she goes by Elizabeth now, but she went yeah. by EG for yeah. most of her career. Well, yeah, and that was Dot, for those of you who don't know, from Pee-wee's Big, Big, mm-hmm. Big Adventure. She's also the yeah. singer. She's also Phoebe's old um, singing partner singing partner friends, of yeah. Smelly Cat. Uh, and mm-hmm. she did voices for Rugrats. Oh, yeah. So she's, a, she's, she's a voice actress. Yeah, yeah she's, she's yeah. a well-known uh, she, voice actor. She's been doing voice actors act, acting for so many years, and she literally just has a little studio in her um oh, in her house, sure. and she just does all that stuff. She but lives she like right on the beach. She voice, yeah. 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 No yeah. shit. If I yeah. did baby voice nonstop and that was my normal voice, that's mm-hmm. what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> She has been around forever. Oh, twelve. Oh, God. Oh, that's, too, that's too much. No, it's a bright amount of baby talk. Oh. Um, you got any? Uh, do you have any first or initial thoughts or impressions? I, I think I watched this about five years ago, and it's it's still the same. It's wasn't, with the minimum, I like. It is some bad fucking acting here. But I do think Willem Dafoe is the best part because he's so yeah, he's, he's so honed in on yeah. what he's trying to do. Yeah. That but he's always like that. You know what I mean? He scared me as a child. Like yeah. I was a little kid. You know, I'm in I wish you had your hair like that right now. Just like just like Ravens. I should have done my hair like that. Yeah, you just fucking like dead eye everybody like, oh look at me. I'm Raven. <laughs> Stupid fucking name too. You're like, oh, what's a bird that brings fear to people? A raven. No, no. It's not it. Vulture. Mm-hmm. It's a raven. No one's scared of ravens. They're scared of vultures. Oh, God. You don't even know about ravens. Ravens <laughs> circling around. I'm That's like, oh, there's... Because you, you think that the... It's like Rick and Morty that, with two ravens. That you think that that raven in the crow... The, it was a raven in the crow. It was not a crow. I know there's a different Crows size are like than these that. tiny little things. That. Ravens are huge and they're monstrous. They're, they're not bigger than fucking turkey vultures. Well, they're not bigger than tur- turkey vultures, but they're almost as big as turkey vultures. They're this big. They're not bigger than America and our spear, which is the eagle. <laughs> Bald eagle. You're going to have to leave now. I'm sorry. I'm here for the next hour at least. So, uh, You guys want to get into this spoiler-filled review? Let's get into it. Yeah. Moving sidewalks. He likes it when they do the backwards walking. When they say that. It's I was called like, moonwalking. It's, they were moving on a sidewalk. I, I guess I missed the moving backwards part. They were moonwalking. When they, they were. say you didn't moving see that? sidewalks when they're doing the last song, they do. They moonwalk backwards, all uh, the guys, yeah. I'd have to go Oh, back let's talk about moving. another thing. Megan thought that they were the guys that sung it. I'm like, no, it's a white guy named Dan Harmon. No, I didn't think they <laughs> were did. the guys. Oh, no, I didn't think they were you the guys. You definitely thought they were but black I men, did like think a whole it group was, of them. I, well, I did think it was a black guy it singing them. it. I didn't think it was those guys. Those guys are actors. No, those were mus- those were musicians. I bet. There, what's his name? Is one of them? Oh, is Bubba? It's uh, yeah. I recognize one of them. I couldn't. I, I, one I, of them's Bubba from um, isn't it? I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, one of them's Bubba from Bu- Forrest Gump. And then the yeah. other okay. one is the guy that's always in like action movies, or he's in, like an asshole. Yeah, I I, I, I recognized one of them. I, I it was just briefly. One of them though. is Robert Townsend. <laughs> 
Yeah, I yeah. saw the name. Like I'm like, yeah. I, oh, I I know oh. the name. Rob. Yes. Come on, yes. Meteor Man. Yes, Robert yeah. Townsend, Meteor, Meteor Man. Man? Yep, the exactly. Meteor Man. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where. I <laughs> no, couldn't. they they're all actors. Because I saw his face, and I was like, I know that face. Like, and then I waited. I was like, I couldn't recall. Thank you for putting that. Uh, meteorite man, meteorite man, meteorite, or is it meteor man? Oh no, yeah, it was meteor man. It was meteor, meteor. man. Yeah. I was just gonna go along with meteorite all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you had like some, you had some nice nods to the warriors in this movie. Oh sure, oh, you know you had um, well yeah, the, the DJ, what's her name, um, Lynn Thigpen, Thig Thigan, what is it, Thigpen, Thigpen. She was on the subway, mm-hmm. and um, you had um, uh, what's her name? The sister. She's from the the Warriors. Oh, Reva. Yeah. Really. Yeah, she was in the Warriors. Yeah, she was in that like the the parallel game to them, kind of like the the Lady Warriors. Wasn't she like a love interest though? For what I think so the, for the, the main Warriors? guy. Yeah, I think yeah. And of course, she was on Too Close for Comfort back in the day. I didn't. It wasn't a show my parents wanted me to watch because it was a little uh, more. Um, there was just a lot going risque. on. It was a little more risque for my my parents. Were like, like, this is garbage. I, my parents I'm hated sure. sitcoms, but they also hated like obnoxious sitcoms. My parents were probably watching those sitcoms. I don't know because I was a snot nosed little kid at this time, mm-hmm. so I wasn't doing much. And at this time, we weren't. Uh, uh we hadn't come back yet, so mm. I was still overseas. It's where Jim J. Bullock came from. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where he got his start. The great Jim J. Bullock. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. You don't know him? He was like the center square on... T- <laughs> what was that show? The, Remember the Hollywood, Hollywood Squares? Squares. Yeah. yeah, I only know the name and the premise. I've never seen an episode Jim J. Bullock was life. a regular on the Hollywood Squares. I know was, uh, <laughs> was it um, Jay Bruce? Not Jay Bruce. What was his name? Bruce. Bruce Bruce? Bruce Bruce? No, there was the... What was his name? I can't remember it. Yeah, I, I don't he know. He like thick red glasses. Oh, um, the, with the curly hair. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of his name. Yeah. Oh, Bruce Valanche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing. What about? I know. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> we need a phone for that one. The movie begins with the title card of the movie, "Streets of Fire," a rock and roll fable, as "Nowhere Fast" by Fire Inc. plays. What follows is another title card that says, "Another time, another place." The Richmond City Street is busy with people that are headed into a concert venue to see Ellen Aim and the Attackers perform that night. People are wearing clothes of the 1950s, although aesthetically and everything else it looks like it's 1980s. There are shots of people gathering for the show mixed with other random shots of the city, a diner, a taxi cab, other views of their surrounding neighborhood. Uh, think New York City architecture. Did you catch Kathy Griffin in either any of the? No, I didn't. Uh, see her. I didn't she's I didn't. a she's one. She's a crowd goer. It says, but I didn't see her. I don't mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. seeing her. But then again, I'll bet if I saw her, I'd be like, oh yeah, because you know, over the years when you notice something and then you forgot you noticed it, mm-hmm. it kind of sounds like something maybe I noticed on one of my viewings when I was a little bit younger than now. Sure. But after I knew who Kathy Griffin was. Sure. Yeah, she was nobody at yeah, this time. She was on that TV show. I knew her from. Um, well, she was on like Susan. No, Susan. she wasn't. Suddenly she wasn't Susan. the one on news radio. It was that Suddenly other redhead? Susan. The other redhead was on news radio. The one who dated um, Nick Nolte for many years. She was on the moment. Um, suddenly Susan. Yeah. yeah suddenly Susan. Yeah. 
there's two police that talk about seeing the rock concert. Slider. Cut to the interior where Billy Fish, played by Mick, by Rick Moranis, wonders how we got talked into this little benefit. But Billy goes ahead and starts a concert. Ellen Aim and the attackers begin their set. Ellen Aim, played by Diane Lane, runs out onto the stage, joining her fellow bandmates. She continues to sing, during which there are intercut shots of a motorcycle group and the crowd. The Bombers, the motorcycle club, enter the concert venue. The crowd parts as their leader, Raven Shattuck, played by Willem Dafoe. When the song ends, Raven shouts, No! And him and his fellow motorcycle groupies rush the stage. Raven tackles Ellen, prompting Billy Fish to run out on stage where he is easily thrown aside by a big guy. Some of the bombers assault the band as Raven abducts Ellen. The oh, bom- there, there was a titty out during the abduction. I didn't see that. I wrote that down. <laughs> so there, right. was, there was a titty out. <laughs> So if you're if you into looking for random spots with titties, titty out right there. Do you have the timestamp for that? No, I don't want to no. write that shit. <laughs> the bombers trash the venue and the surrounding businesses. Cops chase and eventually, cops chase the the motorcycle gang and eventually crash due to the chaotic scene caused by the motorcyclists. Reva Cody, played by Deborah Van Valkenburg, looks on in horror. A telegraph is sent to Tom Cody, who plays is played by Michael. Oh man, Michael Perret. Perret, asking him to come home. Rye Cooter's back in town. Plays as Tom Cody arrives home. He heads to the diner. Reva sees Tom, but the Roadmasters and Automobile Club decide to drop in to say hello. The Roadmasters get feisty with Reva. And in turn, Tom has to teach them a lesson for messing around with his sister. And he just fucking slaps the shit out of this dude. <laughs> that is like, I truly enjoyed that part. I love that part. I was, like, I, I, I think this, is, this has been stolen and oh, reworked yeah. into the new Roadhouse. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. But that was, I love that. Like, he's just slapping that dude every time. Just. That's always that that movie thing where you take the you you take the weapon away from the bad guy, but you hand it back sure, and, sure. and you show them how stupid yeah. and terrible they are. Yeah, it, that's every kung fu yeah. movie, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they wanted to uh, make the Tom Cody character more of a prevalent thing, like more movies. Like, it was supposed to be a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. 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 it was supposed that's to be a trilogy. Read, yeah. But the only thing they ever showed up in again was uh, Road to Hell. Yeah, apparently yeah. there's the a there's a sequel. But it's never seen the light of day. Sure, and I would love sure. to see it. And apparently, um, don't they use the song, um, What It Means to Be Young? Isn't that the song that they use on that? I think they use some of the songs from this, but I think it was just, I think it, they mentioned in the thing that they used that song. Uh, Ry Cooter's score plays in the background while he's slapping the shit out of these guys. Tom's, and Tom sends the Roadmasters packing. Now, Tom and Reva drive around in the new car that um, Tom commandeered because the Roadmasters just ran off. I, they were like, ah, oh, fuck the car. We yeah. don't give a shit. We'll like, just run we'll, home. That's much faster yeah. than driving home. We will obviously. run all the way home. <laughs> uh, so the, the, the uh, siblings are pulled over because of Tom's driving. One of the police, the chief of police, recognizes Tom and lets him off with a warning. 
Reva pleads with Tom to help rescue Ellen, who is Tom's ex from Raven. Tom becomes annoyed and heads to the Blackhawk for some drinks. Wow, Bill. Wow, Bill. At the Blackhawk, Clyde the bartender... Played by good old boy Billy Paxton. Wild Bill Paxton. Yeah, was That's he? When he was he was, was Wild he was Bill still Wild year. Bill back then. He, uh, was, he was still yeah. He was Wild yeah. Bill. He was Wild, he was Wild Bill, Bill Paxton. <laughs> I think first, he dropped that in the nineties. He dropped that pretty soon after this. When yeah. yeah, he but that was he was billed as Wild Bill for his first few movies. But he Clyde the bartender recognizes Tom. They shoot the ship for a while until a woman a few seats away asks for another drink. Her name is McCoy. And she's played by Amy Madigan. The great Amy Madigan. Tom and McCoy become fast friends. The two of them bond over tequila and war stories. McCoy, hat in hand, asks Tom if he has a place to stay. After 80s hinting that she's a lesbian, they both head back to Reva's place. Back in his room at Reva's, Tom remembers a song that Ellen sang as he looks at her picture. And he's dressed like a hobo the entire time. <laughs> like, he that hobo in. pants. <laughs> they should have had a sticking bundle. I, like they should have. Like I, I liked when he came. Like when, as soon as they cut to the apartment, he just comes out in his his fucking suspenders and just his pants. Like why why not just keep the shirt on? <laughs> No, that's that's how they they didn't. He didn't wear anything. He just just put his pants on to go out of the room. Yeah. Uh, it is Ellen is singing "Never Be" or "Never Be You" by Maria McKee. Diane Lane uh, lip syncs for this song in the movie. It's horrible. She does a fine job of her lip syncing. The, the motions were good. She she had that '80s vibe that was just like she was it stunning. Was perfect. It it had the she feel had the of littlest tiny. She had that tiny face though. Yeah, like, like just her hair was so big and the yes. face was like this big. Yes, she looked like a pooch. Well, she monkey. was a child. She was sure. nineteen. She was nineteen years old. Yeah. yeah, you all you could see all of it there is like wow, you have wolf. And they only added that extra song because the director was like, "God, you were so good. I need more. I want more." <laughs> it's just as creepy as Rick Moranis being her boyfriend. <laughs> It's not creepy at all, dude. Okay. Rick Moranis is dropping big D's, man. I didn't say Rick. Just, just the, the relationship there. Uh, Tom tells Reva that he'll rescue Ellen, but he ain't doing it for free. The next morning, Tom drives to see Pete to pick up a rifle, a shotgun, and a pistol. This is a way less eloquent version than the John Wick uh, going to the, yes. yeah. the, cons- the what is it, the, 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 the Samoyer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you recommend? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, he's, it's at a, like a... It's a mechanic shop. It's a mechanic shop, and he just opens up a trunk. He's like, look in there, boys, a trunk gun. And, uh, yeah, it's yeah. like, I got these, I got this in a poker game because the guy couldn't pay up or then it's all custom there's like 40 guns in there <laughs> that's ridiculous hell like that the guns that he the guns that he gets for free are like those are that's a good setup but those like are like collector's weapons though yeah, they're not well, like they're not like sure, even for and, 80s or whatever that still wouldn't be you know you're past tommy guns you know what i mean those are like 1940s rifles and shit in like 30s and 20s yeah and that chrome that shotgun is a chrome shotgun and that's that's a hefty price like that and that's not like a shooting shotgun either if you chrome out a shotgun yeah 
Well, yeah, it's for you display. can shoot it. Yeah. You can shoot it. It's mainly fucking. It's like the guys that put gold all over their yes. their pistols. This movie was made as like a tribute to this little boy's wet dreams of Peter or Walter Hill's wet dreams as a child. Like he wanted, it feels, it he feels, wanted the guns, he wanted the music, he wanted the the rock star, he wanted the cars, it, he wanted the yeah. It feels like it was. Like you said, mm-hmm. it, it was his version of a pulp comic yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like this is what he wanted to see as a fucking yeah as a kid. Like mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. It, it all it all definitely yeah. feels like that from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Well, I need I need somebody who's got young blood." So, um, write some pop songs or get some pop songs in there. Yeah, yeah. On the way to the diner, Reva fills fills McCoy in. On the Tom and Ellen situation, Tom arrives to the diner to talk to Billy Fish. Tom asks for 10K to get Ellen back, to which Billy agrees. Billy also agrees to accompany Tom to the battery. McCoy convinces Tom to help him for 10% of the cut that he's going to get from Billy. Billy is the fastest flopper of everything. He went from, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm paying you to do that to... Well, I guess I might as well do it too, cause you're doing it too, and I don't know. I guess I'm gonna die instead of letting you probably die. Yeah. Well, I, he didn't want him to be there. Like he didn't want he didn't want him he, he didn't want him to go alone because he knew that she's in love with it. Like, look at this guy. He, he didn't know that yet. He didn't know that part, but look at this guy. That's Rick Moranis and looking at this stud and he's like, I don't want my girl to be whisked away by this handsome man. Even if he doesn't steal her away because he's the one with all the money and he knows that, but he still doesn't want him banging her either. Yeah. (laughs) And he also wants to be the guy who's standing there when she gets released. Like, look what I did. I'm the savior. I came along, you know, like I brought this, I brought the, uh, the cavalry, you know, he doesn't want some guy to go in and he's just sitting at home, you know, watching TV while she's in peril. True. True. He wants to be the hero, not the zero. Well, it doesn't work out anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the trio head to Torchies, the club where Billy used to promote. And on the way, Billy and McCoy give each other lots of compliments. Uh, there's more of Ry Cooter's score that plays in the background. Billy wants to know what Tom's plan is for dealing with the bomber. And he assures Billy that there's no killing is, is going to happen. Uh, McCoy critiques the battery scenery. She wants to move into the neighborhood. The three park under a bridge and wait for the bombers. Soon enough, the bombers have arrived. As we cut to the interior of Torchies, where the blasters are playing uh, one bad stud, Raven has Ellen tied to a bed upstairs. He wants Ellen to love him for just a few weeks and then he'll let her go because that's, that's how that works. So then he assaults her. Tom, Billy, and McCoy pull around back of torches. Are we going to do it or are we going to talk about it? That's uh, McCoy. That was my impression of McCoy. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Really good uh, couldn't tell the difference, huh? Nope. The three run into a mysterious man. Ed Bagley Jr., which oh, threw me so the good. fuck yeah. off. Like, I'm yeah. like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is, what the fuck? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like, like a heroin addict on a roof. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he was. Yeah. Like, oh, he's it, a drug just, addict on a yeah. roof, yeah. Even when I was a kid, I knew who Ed Bagley Jr. was, so sure. I was like, why is he in this movie? <laughs> he shows up in the weirdest of 
shows, movies. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Why? He's just been around forever. He's great, though. I love it. It just threw me off as soon as I saw him. Like, no. mm-hmm. The mysterious man uh, knows that they're looking for Ellen, and he tells them exactly where they can find Ellen. <laughs> I don't know how that like, like he he is he is the gift to to Tom. Yeah. He's like hey, I'm gonna take all your hard work out and guesswork out of this. I'm gonna tell you exactly. He's probably a peeping Tom. Sure, like he's just hanging around, looking in, jacking off in the windows, and he sees, oh, there's a pretty girl in that window. Sure, it's tied up too. <laughs> Half the work is done. Tom and McCoy infiltrate Torchies. The blaster's blue shadow plays as McCoy enters Torchies. Uh, she finds her a sucker that ends up leading her upstairs under the pretense of sex. Tom continues his rooftop infiltration. After knocking her date out, McCoy then finds the poker room where Raven and the other bombers are playing. She holds them at gunpoint as Tom goes ahead and starts shooting motorcycles in the gas tank, which explodes them. While McCoy still has the bombers at gunpoint, Tom rescues Ellen. Billy arrives with the car. McCoy, Billy, and Ellen will meet Tom later at the Grant Street underpass. He is going to stay behind and uh, fuck around with the bombers. Tom explodes the gas pumps outside of Torchies. Raven threatens Tom that this is not over for him or Ellen. This is the walking out in the rubber waders. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you, you, you saw him, like... It wasn't a full shot, but you could see that was the real like, one. Though, well, yeah. there, no, there there was there was a full shot of him when he was walking into uh, the bedroom. Okay, but it was from behind. Yeah. But yes, this very this was very much but more the ominous. Streets weren't on fire. Yes, exa- yes, yes. Uh huh. The streets of fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, when he emerged from that, and it was like pretty cool. There, but I agree with you. Like the camera work is really good. Yeah. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I love it. And Cody is a klepto. He steals everything. What did, what did he steal this oh, time? Oh, he steals a motorcycle this time. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He just steals one. And I, I like as he's driving away, there's a one guy driving like right by him really slow, not even paying him attention. Like, oh, who's that yeah. guy? Yeah, like, what's that guy up to? Uh, Tom rides off on his motorcycle and meets up with Ellen, McCoy, and Billy. After ditching the car, the foursome wander through a new wave music venue as Sorcerer by Marilyn Martin plays. Once again, uh, Lip Sync Sync by Diane Lane. Ellen is recognized by Baby Doll, played by E.G. Daly, Elizabeth Daly, or Dot from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. She informs them that the police are searching for the people who fucking set fire to torches and all that jazz. Uh, so they decide that, you know, we'll do as many other people do. We'll just hijack a tour bus. Steal another thing. Yeah, yeah. we're just going to hijack this doo-wop band. And then we're going to be like, hey, we're commandeering your bus. Um, and it's the band The Sorrels. During the ride out of the battery, The Sorrels sing Countdown to Love by Greg Gaines. I'm probably saying that wrong. The tour bus is stopped at a police checkpoint. Billy tries to talk them through the checkpoint. But that doesn't go well. Instead, Tom and McCoy shoot up the police cars at the blockade. The now large group decides that they're just going to take the train back to Richmond after dumping the tour bus. McCoy and Ellen have a talk about Tom and Billy. Ellen and Tom share a very long eye contact moment. Tom gets a hero's welcome when the group returns to Richmond. Ellen tells Tom she hates him because he took the money to rescue her. How dare he? 
baby doll has her back. She's like, yeah, you fucking tell him. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't believe you did that, Tom. I just met you like less than four yeah. hours ago. She wants to Fuck be the, you, she Tom. wants to be the new sidekick. <laughs> yeah. She wants to be Ellen Ames sidekick. Um a member of the bombers has witnessed the homecoming and like doing this like rev thing and looking at the chief of police like he wants to talk to him. Was that leaving? Was that the yes, scene? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was leaving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the chief <laughs> of police is is um what's his name? Um Peter Lawson. Mm-hmm. It's Beyonce's Beyonce's stepdad. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. I was not up to date on that Beyonce. He was in maybe. Poltergeist. Oh, okay. He's that's that's where I recognize yeah. him from. Because I'm like, I yeah. know I've seen you in something. I yeah. just couldn't place it. Yeah. He's the he's the, gets the tennis ball and he's like, mm-hmm. it's th- it made it through. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love Poltergeist. You know, Poltergeist is one of my faves. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Chief of Police is invited to talk with Raven. The next day, Raven and the Chief of Police have a conversation about keeping the peace. Raven wants Tom Cody. In exchange, the bombers will cease their violence. Back at the diner, Tom pisses off McCoy, so she storms out of the diner. Reva tries to talk sense into Tom when the Chief of Police arrives. The Chief wants Tom to leave town. That way, he can arrest Raven tomorrow and all the violence that's happened. Now, yeah, did, I just you, want to say it was Richard Lawson, not Peter Richard Lawson. Lawson. I was thinking of Peter Lawford of, you know, the the Rat Pack. Um, but yes, Richard Lawson, just in case people are like, hey, stupid lady. Did you notice the very weird wipes they were using? Yeah, those were pretty cool. Like, I thought those were cool. What was it, though? Was it fire? Like, I couldn't I, tell. Maybe, maybe. I could I could see that in, in, in some of the, the because wipes that they it, did. It, it went right to left every time, and it was weird and jagged. So I, don't, oh. I couldn't tell what it was. I like star wipes, though. It's my favorite. At first, I thought we were talking about like baby wipes. No, no, sure. no, no. This the 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 screen wipe. I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like a uh, change, like turning a comic book page. Well, no. Well, yeah, but it. I I think I think Josh was curious because it would the way that they did it wasn't just like a like a straight like mm-hmm. wipe. It was more of like like a distortion. It looked like a distortion instead of it just being like a clean swipe. Yeah. Uh, Tom ends up at the hotel where Billy and Ellen are staying. Tom tells Ellen that he would have done anything for her, but not anymore, babe. <laughs> Billy pays Tom, except Tom only takes McCoy's cut and tosses the rest back at Billy. Ellen follows Tom into the rain. They kiss sloppily. Oh, so bad. That was so bad. <laughs> like, it, he's, he's, it looked like he was trying to literally do the air thing, like, because he had his mouth over hers, like, the whole sure. thing. Huh? <laughs> Like CPR. I thought it was beautiful. It's it was a because beautiful of her, rain her kiss. Tiny weird nineteen year old face. <laughs> I mean, you're the monkey. No. No, 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 Tom and Ellen end up fucking. The pillow talk is of the eloping kind. Tom pays McCoy, and the pair bond some more. Tom, Ellen, and McCoy are aboard the train to leave Richmond and head to the Bayside. But before they do, the train stops, and Tom tells Ellen he has something he has to finish back in Richmond. So he proceeds to punch her and knock her unconscious. Punched <laughs> a, he punched the fuck out of her. Yeah, dude. he did. Great. I was not prepared for that at all. I forgot about that completely, I, yeah. I was fucking blown away. That's how you used like, to put people to sleep fuck? back in the olden days. You just punched them out. 
<laughs> now, if you're punching somebody so hard that you're knocking them out, they're probably they probably Concuss. have a concussion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They should probably seek medical aid. Yeah, she's fine. She had a tiny head. <laughs> we've we've been even bell. worse. <laughs> ring that bell a little bit. Yeah. I mean, don't forget she was almost raped earlier. So a yeah, little punch I, isn't going to kill her. Still, though, this is the dude that just fucked her. Yeah, yeah he's just knocking her out. It's for her own yeah. safety. This and is she, for her own safety. And then she woke up in the frail-haired um, lesbian's arms. <laughs> yeah. You know? yes. yeah. I got you, lady. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I was Josh's impression of Amy Madigan. Better than yours. Well. <laughs> not disagreeing. Talk about it. You, all right, you be Kevin Costner. I'll be even Madigan. <laughs> Take me to your field of dreams, Dad. Who are, wait, I mean, who are you? Are I you don't Costner? know. I don't know which one I am. I think you're like one of the children. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, I'll be. Um, what's his name? James Earl Jones. Okay. You're you're Amy. And I'm you're Amy Kevin Madigan. Costner. Okay. So this is the scene where. You get there, and she's like, why'd you bring this black man here <laughs> to well, our field? She would be like, why'd you bring this guy here? Because she's always oh, kind of like... Oh, there it is. That's you know, good. She's that was like, actually good. She's always kind of like... your best impersonation ever. No. No, because she's more like... She always... She's very gruff. You know, she's always very gruff. That's yeah. what I like about her. She's always a Come gruff on, lady. Kevin Costner, go. What do you got? Dad? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, is that you, Dad? No. No, because he was hearing his dad in the field, you know, Ray Liotta. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was Joe Jackson. Ray Liotta yeah. wasn't his dad. Oh, whatever. His dad was, his the, dad was uh, the other catcher. guy. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, should have been Ray Liotta. He was the catcher, <laughs> and then there was the old man that was the um that ended up having to get the hot dog out of the girl's throat. That was Donna Meach. Oh, it, no, it was um uh let uh let let. Langella? Langla? Langlia? Frank Langella? No. Oh my God, no. A Langelier? No, it's. Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. No. Yes, it's it's like Johnny Legs. <laughs> Johnny Legs. It's Johnny there. Legs. Because remember, it was little, what's his name? He was the little boy who was riding along with them. Was. um. Haley Joel Osment? No, it's uh, the guy who's always in um, Oliver Stone movies. He wrote uh, Joe the King. He was no. in Pulp Fiction. Fucking the little kid. He was the boy, and then he turned into the doctor when he stepped into the. He had to step out of the field. Burt Lancaster. Burt Lancaster was the, was the old man. Oh, okay. The late great Burt Lancaster. Yeah. From from here to eternity, Burt Lancaster. The beautiful oh, kissing Frank, scene Frank on the Whaley. Frank Whaley. Yeah, Frank Whaley was the younger version. Yeah, the the one at the burger. He's like, "Say what one more time, motherfucker!" Oh, okay, say okay. what one more right, time. Okay. I know, I, I know. Okay, he I'll was in that. career opportunities. Just for reasons, I'll do that as um, James Earl Jones. Say what one more time, motherfucker. <laughs> that sounds like Sean Connery. <laughs> Damn it! I tried. Uh, so Tom asked McCoy to watch over oh, Ellen. Did you know the voice from the field was Ed Harris's voice? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. He's married cool. to Amy Madigan. He's Amy Madigan's husband. Does that mean he's the voice in the field? Is yeah. he God? He's Maybe. Well, he was there on the set. I think, they, I think they were just like, hey, can you do the voice? I the wasn't field? on the set. James Earl Jones, James Earl Jones, the voice was on the set. Well, he, he was there on the set <laughs> with his wife. Baseball. And they were like, hey, can you do the voice? 
It's never been confirmed. That's actually a rumor. But they did. They the did. The internet told me. They so. actually listed him. True. They listed him on the movie as the voice, but then they are like, "That's what we've heard." So that they've decided to put it on the. It's on the. It's not in the actual movie credits. If you watch the movie, it's not going to say and Ed Harris, but on the IMDb credits, it is Ed Harris. I have heard that that it is Ed Harris who does say that. Yes, I have heard that. I've heard that as well, and they finally did put it for sure on the IMDb page. But some people are still saying that that, it, that it's a rumor. But I think it is. It's Amy Madigan's husband, and she's on the you know she's in the movie. Yeah, uh, um, um, Ed Harris. If you ever listen to this, let us know what's up. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be listening. I have Just a feeling. I have a feeling too. He and Amy are probably going to listen to this together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Tom. Uh, tries to take the train back to Richmond, but the bombers have just fucking bom- set fire to the tracks, preventing Tom from being able to reach Richmond. Raven and the bombers arrive to Reba's diner. The police of Chief believes that he has the bombers surrounded. Because there's three of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except Raven brought back up thwarting the police chief's plans. Dude, the cops were so inept in this. So the the, the writer course. definitely had a depiction of like, they're like, here's the full blockade. Two guys in guns get yeah, out. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, he got us. We're, uh, we quit. We quit. Yeah. Um, Billy tries to stand up to Raven, but then he gets punched for his attempted courage. Or his attempt to have courage. Uh, he got not as hard as his girlfriend got punched yeah, earlier. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Tom returns, and the most whack-ass fight I've ever seen takes place. No. They fight with motherfucking spike malls. Yeah. Hammer these time. Are, these, these are, it's hammer time. These are railroad, right. like, hammers. Like, that's what those are used for. Yeah. yeah. Like, so they, they just have them ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, he was they, probably looking at a picture of like John roads. Henry. He's like, yeah, it's like, get some it was John Henry shit going. No, it was originally supposed to be a knife fight, and he stabs him and kills him at the end, but that would have made it a rated R movie. So they changed it to this just to make it PG 13. To a sledgehammer fight. Yeah. Hammer time. Uh, more of Ry Cooter's score plays in the background after the sledgehammers. Then they fight one another with fists. Until finally. And biker karate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dude, he was doing like some sweeping, like fucking crescent kicks yes. in those leather waders. Yeah. yeah. It was hilarious. It is, yeah. I couldn't think I had to pause it because I kept laughing <laughs> like I am now. Oh, it's too funny. Uh, so Raven, like after, at the, the end of the fight is you see it because now Raven is just standing there wobbling and then Tom comes over and just pushes him over it would be better if he just walked over and blew on him yes <laughs> I've seen that done in some cartoons and maybe I a, love it I nice, love it maybe a face push Ooh, yeah. yeah a face push is also nice I like that and thus Tom has declared himself the winner of Richmond the men of Richmond then point their guns at all the dressed in black bombers telling them to basically telling them to get the fuck out of here and bomber henchman number one who is leaving or whatever yeah says roll out well not it's like let fucking Lee, let's go you gotta pick up their little friend put so them the on. bombers take their unconscious leader with them later that night I presume 
Um, a concert is held at the same venue from the beginning of the movie. The Sorrells open for Ellen singing I Can Dream About You by Dan Hartman. Billy and Tom come to, un- come to understand each other. Ellen, I guess, being okay with what Tom did to her, lets, her, lets Tom tell her if, if she needs anything except emotional availability, he'll be right there. Yeah. Ellen performs Tonight Is What It Means to Be Young by Fire Inc., as Tom watches from the back of the crowd. After Tom has had enough, he leaves the venue. As he begins to walk nowhere, McCoy pulls up beside him in the car that he took from the Roadmasters earlier in the movie. They banter back and forth until Tom gets into the car. The pair drives off into the city night. Roll credits. Now, if they made this movie nowadays, here would be <laughs> my here would be my perfect ending. They would do the credits, and then they would roll into this. First thing is... This is the beginning of Jack Reacher. <laughs> he doesn't want money and shit. He's like a vet like going around fucking shit up with his weird friend. And then he leaves her because she dies or something like that. And then. <laughs> Why does she die? I don't know. That's just because she's not no. around. She's not around in the other Reacher stuff. No. Maybe she gets married. Sure. Whatever. Well, it's not going to turn a nice into, woman. It, this is, no, it's going to stay. Cody. Yeah, he changes his name. No, though, he's not going to do that. To Jack no, Reacher. It's, no, they're going to do more sequels with these same people. I'm That's just saying, what my it's dream basically would be. Jack Reacher, though, is all I'm saying. Well, because he's a because he's a merc. They he's show, just walking around. The next time you see Willem Dafoe as Raven, is he's on the bar dancing in the g-string, <laughs> and then the the, and the girl the girl is running the the gang now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick Moranis quit, quits his uh, job as a um, as the the uh, the producer producer, and he ends up on Skid Row waiting for <laughs> waiting for his magic plan. <laughs> because he's now just an assistant to a florist. When like when when he went, he's like, I got to go back to my old town. I pictured like Skid Row, and him just started singing about it and shit. That was my you know. My... Okay. Oh, maybe we'll do that. No, it's good. That's a musical. We're not doing that. Not until that genre comes up. That will be the one. Well, Megs, um, what regale us with 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 your final thoughts on this movie? Well, I still love this movie. Okay. I still watch it whenever I whenever it's on. I'll watch it. I love this movie. I think it's it just looks good. It it's a feel good to me movie, and I love the music. It takes me back to a simpler time in in film. <laughs> And I'm going to give this movie five lights out. Oh, ooh. five lights out. Five lights out. Okay, all right. Josh, what's what's uh, your your final thoughts on this on this movie? I enjoy this because it is very culty, cult classic, you know. And I'm sure. that's, I'm very into that kind of stuff. The soundtrack is good, you know. There's some of those songs are just kind of annoying. Um, where it is like Bad Out of Hell, where it's just a bunch of fucking like, and there's no like real structure to the song to, to a point, you know, like the, your normal like sing, 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 and then fucking, you know, you say the chorus a couple times. Um, but it's a good movie. I'm going to give it three ambiguous strippers. Nope. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. All right. Uh, I can see. I can see why this movie has a cult, like a cult following. I, I I can see why people enjoy watching this movie over and over again. It, it it is it's it's it doesn't take itself seriously. It is not trying to do anything new. Like it's just it, just somebody's 
final they finally got to tell their ultimate story and they did it but just didn't get as great as a reception as they thought it was going to get um i don't think i'll ever watch this movie again unless somebody says hey do you want to watch streets of fire like do you have how much how many how many milligrams of edibles do you have because then i will join you in this (laughs) uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm giving it two spike malls. I'm giving it two sledgehammers. <laughs> Hammer time. <laughs> I'm not making movies, so I, I think I'm not going to say it's a horrible movie. But I've seen a lot better. Wow. I've seen a lot. Wow. <laughs> I, I won't say that this is um, worse than Top Gun. Like this, this. I won't say that either. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Two, two spike malls out of five. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm, all right. Well, at least my, this, the, I think the, my five will keep it, the keep pacing. it above water. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> the pacing was really good in the movie, though. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you never. No, I will was. argue. I will argue. The pacing sort of sucked. The thing about this, any serious conversation they had was just kind of diverted by the fact of the 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 actual writing was so like weird, you know, and like just like the one liners all the time, that it kind of diverted from it being serious. You know, what yeah. I mean? that's why I think it was a, a ninety minutes or whatever, and it fl- it flies by pretty quick. It does fly by. Yeah. Yeah, the you're, one thing is just I'll, like I'll agree. the the three minute like sing song parts are kind of like dragging, and that's the only part for me that was like. But outside of that, it you know flowed. It was like boom. Here's the problem. They they take the girl. They bring in the guy. He goes and gets the girl. They go back. She sings some more. They fight. Sure. Yeah. I. I yeah. I could see maybe not a huge amount of time, but there's still at least good five eight minutes you could shave off this movie. Right, the 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 tour bus getting a flat scene. I think the tour bus the tour bus has always been the weakest part of the movie for sure. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, I also, especially as a child, I always had an issue with. Wait, she was very openly kidnapped. The police all know this. Why would they arrest them if they just rescued a kidnapped person? Why don't they just say, "Hello, police officers. I'm the kidnapped lady." Sure. Uh, I'd like an escort, please. Yeah, yeah back I, to the city. Sure, you know, like I, yeah. I, I didn't understand why they were They're running. Like, escort yeah. from who? The, the bombers? No, we're not doing that. <laughs> sure, you know, yeah. fucking the bombers. Yeah. Fuck, you're under arrest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, why? I, I just go get in the cars. You're under arrest. I think the only thing I could think of was that um, it was a different precinct that was dealing with the torches fire, and yes. that they were probably maybe paid off by the the gangs so those cops they didn't want they didn't they, want to deal with those cops they wanted to deal with their cops that, yeah. that so, was that was addressed yeah. in the movie okay. actually they as did, an adult they i kind of see that yeah. and, and you saw there was the difference between the blockade uh uh cops and yeah the they weren't Richmond the same cops. ones yeah. like it was more like the it it felt like the the blockade cops or maybe state or highway patrol or something like that were the Richmond ones, Rosovich, and then uh, what was his um, Lawson? Lawson were were uh, the city, yeah, the and, city cops. And what's his name was a cop too. Was he? No, he was one of the bad cops. Um, Lawrence Matthew Lawrence from Eddie and the Cruisers. Um, he was one of the band members in Eddie and the Cruisers, which you should also watch, which starred Michael Pere. Um, he was. I think he was one of the bad cops on the other side. Okay, and then um. 
what that Peter Jason guy, that older uh, character actor, wasn't he one of the bad one that cops? called it in? Yeah, he might have been the one. He was. I know he was one of the cops in that movie. He's like always a douchebag. Yeah, he he always you know? plays kind of the the jerk. But it's a, it's still a fun movie. Like it was fun. Like like it it was fun because it was it it was <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous and it's fun. Yeah, it's like the yeah. Warriors. I mean, look at Walter yeah, Hill. You know, right. yes, yes, you're you have, right. You're right. You have a bunch of gangs wandering around a sure. city. I mean, this is this is the <laughs> from the mind of let's just say from the mind of Walter Hill. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's you're right. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting that. <laughs> yeah. All right, brings us to our uh, next segment, which is uh, give me the juice, Megs. You got anything new? Well, um, I I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I'm watching um, True Detective. Okay. Um, okay. And I like it. I know that there's a lot of backlash on it. Um, I know that there's a complaint that they use the Billie Eilish song and that everybody's already used it, so it's not new and exciting. So I get that. It works for the show. Um, some people are complaining that it has a, a like a – what is it like has ghosts and things like that on this season whereas the other seasons didn't deal with that kind of thing they they kept it very realistic yeah, yeah. so i do understand that complaint i know people are now um there's a kind of a some people are complaining that um it's just misogynists who don't like it because they don't like the female leads i don't think that's an issue i don't have a problem with the, the female leads i think i love jody foster i think she's a great actress yeah. i like fiona shaw a lot she's great um, but I do see where purists would have a problem with the um getting into the whole um the ghostly sure. occurrences on sure. a show that's known for for not having that kind of you know that for for being a very realistic show. But you, you, I'll I'll counter at or or at least counter those individuals who are saying that as I have seen all the seasons and mm -hmm. watching the new one um, the first season had some super some supernatural element to it but that was later sort of that was at the very end when when the when McConaughey saw what he finally saw what he saw Woody Harrelson's character didn't see it, so I that's don't remember. Only, I do. I, I just I, don't I, remember. I, remember. I can't remember well. it. And it, yeah, and it, and it and it it's not even supernatural. It's more eldritch horror, as what as what the whole feeling and the whole thought process because of Carcosa. Carcosa is a name derived, or not derived, but pulled from a novel that predates or that even that came before H.P. Lovecraft that was taking this um, idea of otherworldly horror and and it found somehow it finds its way into our world um, that's my counter to those yeah. individuals yeah. who say that Supernatural wasn't really involved in this only for season two and even that sort of wishy-washy because it becomes more of like a like a it was like a sex cult, like more. Okay. It doesn't become a sex cult. I'm sorry. Um, some of the breadcrumbs make you believe that it's some type of like cultish activity. Yeah. Uh, not I'm sex away from it. Cultish activity. Um, yeah. The third season I felt was really more of a 
battle of demons inside an individual, mm-hmm. which plays itself out yeah. in the series in that and season. Third season was great. Yeah, I yeah. love Stephen Dorff as it is, but I also thought the casting was great. Like this, this season. For me, because I loved season two. I know people did not like season two. Yeah, I thought it was, it was great. It was a very different departure. I thought it was great. and um, But this season, for me, I personally, I I just have issue with watching the cold, the, all the cold. And it, like, it just kind of makes me tired and it makes me sure. not, you know, like I have, I think the acting is great on this season, but it is kind of like, um, it is so slow moving and so cold. Yeah that there is that part of me that doesn't like really look forward to it. It's not, it's not a great, it's not great to look at. It's, you know, it's, it's doesn't have like a lush, beautiful scenery. It's very dark and dank and um, a little bit depressing, just like 30 days of night would be, you know? Oh yeah. So I, you do feel what they're all probably feeling, feeling, I can't imagine being in that kind of darkness at all times for that long. And um, I wonder how much of the supernatural stuff isn't just people going insane. Yeah, no, you, you bring up a good point. Uh, Josh, what about you? Um, What, 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 what you watching that's new? Nothing new. I just got caught up on uh, Rick and Morty recently, like the last two seasons. So, I mean, minus the debacle of current things. I'm up to season seven. I don't know. They're on eight now? Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't watched any of that, but I enjoyed it. You know, they they had a couple of, like, hey, there's going to be some suicide in there, so fucking don't be all <laughs> sad. And I'm like, I'll be all right. It was still sad, you <laughs> know. Be, fucking Pissmaster fucking killed himself. That's weird. Why are you telling us things? I'm behind Pissmaster. I had to say Pissmaster. I'm so behind. Pissmaster. I need you to not talk Just about Just remember Pissmaster. Pissmaster. That's all you got to do. Just got to remember that. Yeah. But it's a fun show. Like, uh, they tied some loose ends up and stuff. And um, what else? I just watch anime. I don't know. I watched all the... Um, Jack Ryan movies. Oh, oh that's right. No, oh, yeah, that yeah. was fun. But uh, what, what was your, what was your what was your personal favorite out of all those the Jack Ryan movies? I'll say just because some of them are dated. Um, the newest one, The Shadow Recruit, is the best movie. The quality and everything like that, because you got Costner in there. Um, Chris Pine was really good. Um, the girl was I fucking hate Kira Knightley, but she was in it oh, that's right. with their weird fucking like like she it's has the like weird teeth. She, it's a weird. They teeth, scare me a little. But bit. it seems like like almost like she grinds all the time. Like she's fucking like trying to get. She meth. looks like she's trying to bite you. Yeah, like, like a. Yeah. She's always doing that yeah. face, and it scares me. Yeah, I've never. No, I got never. I don't think against her, but I've never been a fan. That's my thing. But yeah, enjoyable. Well, it was good. You know, I didn't know who she was when I first saw. Um, love actually and i'm like what is up with that chick's mouth it's freaking me out mm-hmm. where was the what was the first well my fi- first one is uh is, is bend it like beckham yeah yeah that oh, was her, her big debut oh yeah, yeah that's right yeah i just no, didn't I thought see you were it, talking so about jack ryan oh Hunt for red october is my favorite even though my favorite jack ryan is Harrison Ford because oh, yeah. he's just so weird and bumbling like scared all the time in yeah, it, you know that's what I didn't like about that's when I stopped watching him was because of Harrison yeah. Ford I didn't I, Harrison Ford's not a good actor some, I love Harrison Ford not a good actor some of all fears had the best story it's just yes. Ben Affleck was in there and he yeah. was terrible you know yeah yeah. 
I, I like that's the thing that Alec Baldwin pissed me off in the 90s when he turned down the Jack Ryan stuff because he was the first Jack Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, he decided he didn't want to do any more Jack Ryan. He turned down The Fugitive and then he turned down Philadelphia. And then he went on this rant about how nobody's hiring him and they're only giving the jobs to Harrison Ford and Tom... Um, Tom, huh? Tom Hanks. Hanks. And um, I was like, mustache. But the whole thing was down under. But the whole thing was that he turned down all those roles. Those were his roles for the taking. He literally turned down the fugitive. They, I think he was even cast in the fugitive, and then he left. I don't know, but he was the original choice for the fugitive. Harrison Ford. They basically renewed. He renewed Harrison Ford's career because he turned down roles. And Tom Hanks got an Oscar because he turned down roles. So, I love you, Alec Baldwin, but... I'll say this. Harrison Ford knows how to pick them scraps up. Yeah, he does. Star Wars. Fucking, yeah. You know, he's like... Indy. Oh, I'm here not... I just want to let you know eat, that... You're not going to eat that? You know who <laughs> was up for Harrison Ford's role is William Catt, also known as the greatest American hero. Look at what's happened to me. He was in the first house. Yes. The actual scary one, the second one. Okay, all right. I know which one you're talking about. Yes, yeah. His mother was, wasn't his mother Della Street from Perry Mason, the original Perry Mason? You got me on that one. I I already know what you said. I think that was his mother. His mother was an actress. His father was, I think his father was an actor. Of course, with Raymond Burr. No. Raymond Burr was gay. Because he was he burly, yeah, he was burly. Yeah, he was hoping he was a homosexual. Oh, and you know he didn't get to live openly until he was older. But oh. yeah, his husband—I uh, think his husband's still alive, or maybe he died. I don't know. Was he burly? But his one of his he was married, wasn't he married? No, he never did marry. He he lied. He did tell people people he was married, but he was never married. Well, I know he was in Godzilla 1985. That's all I can tell you. Boom. The best Godzilla movie. I've not seen that one. Yeah. Nope. Let's look that. It was like a... It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, Lately, I've been watching uh, Death and Other Details on Hulu. It is another uh, Who's Done It. It's sort of in the same vein as uh, Murder at the End of the World or... Knives Out type of stuff. Who's in it? Uh, Mandy Patinkin. Ooh, I love Mandy. Oh, I know which one you're talking and about. Violet Bean. Yes. And Lauren Patton. I saw the preview for that. I was interested in watching that. It was pretty good. I like it. It 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 has it. It's a much more. It the pacing is better than uh, Murder at the End of the World or whatever. And like that one was good too. But this has better. I think better pacing. Uh, better story. Um. Did someone kill the, his father, and did they deserve to no, die? No, they did not. I, I wanted to try to work that in there, but no. No. He has five fingers. Wait, no, sorry. Uh, he only he had five fingers anyways when he was in... He was looking in for the Nagi- six-fingered man. Inagio, or what? A, Emilio Montoro. No, that was that was the guy, but he was... Um, Inigo. Inigo. Yeah. Inigo. Yeah? Yeah. Iago? Was it? What was it? it, it I thought it was Inigo. In it, I'm just seeing the I. Yeah. I-N-N-G-O or I-N or E-N-I-G-O. Inigo Matoya. Yeah. E-N-I-G-O. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, but he said it like with such like yeah, with such accent flair and, and flair. Like, yeah, my name. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. To kill my father. Prepare to die. Yes. Such a great line. Yes. Uh, but it's cool. It, it's it. They're it's. Same, very same premise as the glass onion crap, or you know, they're they're except it's a ship, not an island, um, and they got to try and figure out who murdered um, Mandy Patankin's assistant, and the Mandy Patankin's character and the female lead, um, what was her name, um, oh. Violet, uh, they have a past connection. Oh, that, so um, it it's. It's it's fun. It's cool. It's it's very very uh, cliffhangery. Uh, okay. The hooks are in there. It's it's good. It's on. Um, it's on its fifth episode. Okay. So, yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah. Like Maybe it. I'll check it out tonight. Yeah, it's good. Uh, we don't have any reviews to read. Uh, we're 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 waiting. We're we're waiting for them. We're waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, um, so the next movie that we will be doing is Josh's pick. Mm-hmm. Josh, Josh pick. would you like to tell us what that movie is? So I was going to stay in the 80s, but I feel like we should move out of there a little bit, even though it would have been Dirty Dancing. So if you want to watch Dirty no. Dancing because it has a great soundtrack, feel free. Because she's like the wind. Anyways, um... <laughs> We're going to do Death Proof because I feel like it's a little strayed from uh, the, you know, the um, some of the, the ones that are like the overtop Tarantinos, you know, like sure. Reservoir Dogs and Jackie Jackie Brown and um, obviously Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Uh, but I enjoy this soundtrack. It has a lot of really good songs that you like, and they're very loungy, but the, there's a tone change in the movie as well that's interesting. Um because it's mostly based on two parts, so um, that'll be interesting. But I've, no one liked Death Proof when it came out. That's another reason why I like it because it got a lot of like, I, like I negative stuff. Yeah, See, I, exactly. I'm not a, a fan. I, I can watch it and stuff. It's it's just there's, well, it's he was trying to do that like let's bring it back to the old school seventies yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Scissor or what? what Scissor Sisters? Is yeah, that what it was the Switchblade Sisters. Switchblade Sisters. Yeah, yeah. Scissor Sisters is the. the, the That's dirty when he was one. getting into all his like pulp stuff, his pulp comic-y stuff, and yeah, yeah. and I and I, I like I was excited for it when it was coming out, but um, and, you know, I, as much as I like, I thought she was great looking when she first came out. Rose yeah. McGowan is one of the worst actresses in the history of acting, and um, yeah. Was- Doom Generation was a interesting movie when it came out, and she looked good, but she's just terrible. Yeah. And the only movie she's really been great in was uh, Scream, and that's just because she it played up to her tits, and that was it. Jawbreaker was she in Jawbreaker? She was in Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker. Yeah. yeah, I she was I terrible she, in that. Really? I, I, I thought I thought that yeah. was better than Scream. I I don't know. I mean, she was fine in it. I guess I Jawbreaker would. I was let down. I was really looking forward to that movie because I thought it looked kind of cool. Sure. I was a little look. I was a little let down different by era. it. Like, yeah. Different generations. For yeah. Like, I thought. Well, the, and this was back in the day when I worked at a video store and I was looking sure. forward to this movie coming out and and I I supported Rose in her early career just because I was like she's an indie queen you know like she's yeah she's getting off to a good start she's a terrible actress but she looks good and. I was hoping that she would just get better, and then um, she's proven that she's n- that's not happening. 
because <laughs> her career is over and um that horrible television show with the little witches was just awful was it oh, what was that oh it's oh shit that one that had like every um, untalented actress you could yeah. think of and just threw it up, threw them into a sh- onto well, it a was show. The, it's right there. It's uh, I can see it, but I can't yeah. say it. Cur- uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. It's 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 charmed. Charmed. Yep, charmed. Yes. Yep, charmed yep. was not charming. I didn't see in Black well, Dahlia, but she was just the one that got murdered. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, I thought so. Like, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. She had like the whole. Ten minutes of screen, no, like screen cut time in half, and let's. And most of it yeah. was just prosthetic. Her. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I, I think I just watching her attempt to act is so painful for me. So I, I do like. I like this is very ensemble though. Yeah, so that's it is why ensemble. You don't and have it, to just put up with her. You know, she. It just, looks good. I yeah. just. Well, uh, I don't. Rose, she isn't in this one. She isn't in Death Proof. She's in Death Which Proof. one is? Isn't she? No, no, she's not. Yes, she is. She's at the. She's bar. in both of them. Yeah. yeah. If she then she's only in it for a short time. I thought she's, she's not, in she, both. She's not a major character in yeah, Death she's Proof. She's the one that dies in the car in the beginning, but then a majority of it ends up being. Um, no, Rosario. It's, it, it's a split movie. That's why it's two different stories. Like you have the beginning part where it's the bar, the whole bar scene, which is about an hour, and then the end part is yeah, the, the, the other group. Yeah. I don't specifically. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's the one I'll she, watch it. I, well, I, I, I mean, know. I know. Spoiler alert, guys! But she—he's the one she kills in the beginning of the of the other movie, and then he, you know, he goes on the bind, and then he comes back, and that's when he gets into with the other girls because he sees her doing the fucking like the weird shit on yeah, top of the car I'll, stuff. When I watch it again, I'll get my I'll get my order corrected. Like, I'll figure yeah. what I what I've been I guess. But I just wanted to get a little bit newer movie. Like, even sure. though the songs are old, it's still a, it's a, it's a Tarantino movie. You know, it's still going to be yeah. uh, visually there's going to be appealing. You know, one of the songs yeah. is going to be very like experimental dialogue. Exactly, and then the dialogue is always going to be good. It's 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 a little slow in certain parts, it's but it's meant to do that to where it wants you to. It's for <laughs> yeah. immersion, though. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Like, you hey, it's it raining outside. Look at the rain, and maybe you got to pee, and you didn't know that. Yes, like, Tarantino is not a is it? Yeah, because the other one was the Rodriguez one, right? Yeah, this is yeah. the this is the Tarantino one. Yeah, this is the Tar- Planet Terror was the other one. Yeah, yeah, Tarantino knows what he's doing with film. Huh. I, his that's his greatest strength is his dialogue work. Like that's his greatest strength. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. hands down. Yeah. So, it, yeah. But anyways, yeah. If you Death like proof. if you like Tarantino, you'll enjoy this movie. Death Proof. And it seems like it's available, but on like higher subscriptions yeah. on stuff. So yeah, if so you have Showtime or if like Paramount Plus, Paramount Plus or if something you like subscribe that. to that, or if you have a premium Hulu. Um, otherwise it is, you would have to rent it, but in make sure it's the Tarantino grindhouse. Cause there's probably other grindhouses too that involve like genitals. Yeah. Uh, we're not responsible for what you find. Not at all. <laughs> or how you feel after you find it. Yeah. Like, you know, that's up to you. That is 100% up to you. Uh, so, uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, uh, this has been the amateur movie review hour. Now you can uh, listen to us on Spotify or wherever else you listen to your podcast. 
if you would like to correct me and anything that i've said you can email me at the amateur movie review hour at gmail.com uh you can follow us on instagram at the amateur movie review hour you guys have anything you want to plug i don't think i want to plug anything tonight okay no all right uh thanks for listening good night hammer time